We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest and then the final event the behind the bangs writing workshop i finally did it put it together put together this workshop because i wrote this book in many ways for younger me and younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught i wanted the gyms i wanted i wanted the knowledge i wanted the education that's what i would have wanted so i've decided i'm doing it and in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn 15 years in my 15 year career as a tv writer and author and blah 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 all the other things i've written there are six things that i always use and all of those are in this workshop so if you have an interest in writing sign up all the ticket links are live today click the show notes click my instagram we are coming to a city near you and there's going to be some meet and greets i'll sign some copies of books we'll give out more books and i have uh, some pieces of merch that i'm taking on the road and i'm gonna give them out at the shows Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates the memoirs of female celebrities. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And this week we are book clubbing RuPaul's OG memoir published in 1995 titled Letting It All Hang Out. This book is out of print. It is so hard to get a hold of. My copy was $125. And let me tell you, it was worth it. And um, shout out to all of the cookies who sign up on our Patreon to support us. Your support is what makes a $125 book possible. So thank you so much for your support. And if you support us on Patreon, you get one extra episode a month. Okay, this memoir is giving you 90s tea, drag race origins, a look back on what it took to become the first mainstream mass-marketed drag queen, and it's also giving RuPaul's version of Oprah. There were so many life gems. I finished the book last night. I was quietly screaming to myself, and then I had wild dreams. So let's dive in, and I think most appropriate to kick off this episode is with one of RuPaul's earlier hit songs. OK, 
Okay, we are diving into everything RuPaul today with our amazing guests. They are a writer, actor, comedian whose credits include Pretty Smart, Hacks, Punky Brewster, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so much more. And he is the host of the Drag Her podcast, a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, which I love. It is Mono Agapian. Hi. Oh my God, hi. Hey, kitty girl. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) I'm so happy I'm here. I'm very excited to talk this book. Um, I didn't know it was that exorbitantly expensive. Yes, yes. And I had to buy two of them for you to read and me to read. So hang on to that book. Don't put it in your yard sale. You know what I mean? At least sell it. Yes, yes. Okay, so I came to you with this book because I love your podcast. I wanted a RuPaul expert. So (laughs) tell me overall. Are you chirping or burping this book? <laughs> and to anyone who doesn't know, that's a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah, you know, honestly, it is a chirp. Okay, now, yes. I'm just going to say on the first blush, it is it is insane that you spent that much because I, I almost everything in this book, she says it elsewhere, like in triplicate, you know? Yes, yes, In yes. her other books, on her TV shows, like... She, she's great at branding herself, but that also means she repeats herself a bit. Yes, yes. I, although I have to say, I loved getting the 1995, like, first attempt at publishing a book and seeing that Rue was there from the start. Mm-hmm. Rue has not, you know what I mean? Like, all the slogans were already there. Yes. All the outlook was already there. Like, it, nothing is new. And I'm giving this book a chirp, 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 chirp. I chirp, love chirp, chirp, it chirp. so much. It's fun. <laughs> And it's so funny how much she balances between like absolutely, like absolute inspiration. You know what I mean? Like moments where you're like, oh my God, that was beautifully said. And then like, okay, here's what's in and out. Pantyhose, purple (laughs) lipstick. Like it's like, it goes back and forth between like slumber party and like Tolstoy. And I think it's kind of amazing. That's exactly it. And also I have to say the writing quality, not great. Not great. It is, it's so precise, but not in the way that specificity leads to good writing. It's just sort of like, this is it. Like, there's not a lot of emotional descriptions. There's no flow. You don't get pulled into moments where Paul is just like, this, this, and this. Have a great day. It's like a season of and just like that, you know? Yes, um, yes. It's a little. (laughs) Yes. It's incoherent. It's it's light. Yeah, light on emotions. comfortable. Something about it is familiar and comfortable, but... But you tell me, tell me where will you chirp it? I chirp it because one, I'm just, I'm just really biased. But I had an experience reading this book where I was like, wait a minute, so much stuff in this book is like deeply held and very active beliefs in my current life to the point where I was like, have I read this before? And I just mm-hmm. fucking blacked it out. Like, why do I have all of this in my system? Yeah. And I was like, is this just because I've taken in so much RuPaul content and RuPaul has influenced people and they've come back to me? But there were moments in this book where I was like, I swear I thought of that, but apparently RuPaul <laughs> printed it in 1995. And so I was having I was having a very magical time that way. Yeah, you you were almost certain that you're the one who wrote the song Sissy That Walk. You were like, yeah. I, I could have <laughs> Okay, I could've not sworn. those types of moments. <laughs> um, I will point out the moments that I was like, I thought I came up with this. They're yeah. not, uh, they're, it's not star booty. It's none of that. <laughs> yes. It's so interesting to see like how ahead of her time, like she was. I mean, still, because there's stupid people who think, 
drag queens are evil goblins who want to um, right. eat our children. But in the, um, inside a Target bathroom, that right, is <laughs> right. But it, uh, she was like, "This isn't sexual. This has never been sexual. I'm just going to reiterate that for you. It's playtime. It's pretend. It's my business suit." And uh, it's interesting to see how even at the time it must, even that must have seemed even crazier than today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole book starts with a 101. I am a boy. Yes. I dress as a lady. I am not the devil. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then a, a step by step, like I take a bath. I put on baby powder. <laughs> I shave off my eyebrows. Like really yes. just sort of like, here's the magic. Yes. I, I will say it is such an interesting moment we're in because I feel like five or six years ago, the sentiment was like, oh, drag has become too mainstream. It's lost its grunge and and whatever that is. And then, and yet like there are still like active laws in place that are trying to stop drag and queer culture. And, and Oh yeah. Know. And so it's just like, it's not, is mainstream as perhaps the people who love it think. Yeah, you're right. It's it's expanded, but it's actually, its expansion has uh, only caused to scare the ignorance, uh, the ignorance, and I say that with an S, uh, even more. <laughs> they're they're yes. scared and scareder because- Yeah, because they see the power growing. Yeah. They see it taking over and they go, we must get more torches. Right. And as weird as that sounds, like it weirdly makes me happy that, that the simple act of me putting on a dress uh, convinces some small-minded idiot that I am of the devil and I am satanic. I kind of love that because it it's just, so powerful. Easy it's power. so powerful. It, all, Barely all it anything. Is, yeah, all it does is like reinvigorate me. And I'm going to reiterate a, a tweet that Shay Coulee posted just the other day. We love her icon from Drag Race. She was, she basically, and it was something to the tune of like, you know, on the show to catch a predator, they caught husbands, men of faith, uh, uh, leaders, politicians, and but you know who they never caught? Drag queens. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just want to put that back out there to remind I, all those people I, scared of us. Yeah, I saw that tweet. I love that tweet. And also, they caught the host of To Catch a Predator. Like, <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Uh, he wasn't a predator, but he was like cheating on his wife with uh, uh-huh. strippers and sex workers. And of that was enough course. for him to cancel the show. I just tweeted about this because it's in this book. It's the Milton Berle moment. She's, uh, Milton Berle's like handsy with her backstage. He's supposed to be an icon. She's like, what the fuck are you touching me? He wrote a corny drag queen joke that was supposed to be on the prompter. And RuPaul takes that moment to instead of, I guess the setup is like, I used to wear dresses. And RuPaul was supposed to say, oh yeah, why'd you stop? But I guess she was feeling heated. She talks about, she says in the book, I was mad. And he was going to say, because it's a drag or something? Yeah, 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 exactly. And for whatever reason, now it's an iconic read. She decides to say, um, and now you're, instead you're wearing diapers or whatever, right? He's like, Yeah, oh yeah, you you used to wear dresses and now you wear diapers. Yes, he's floored, he's angry. Okay, the reason I brought all that up is, um, she she makes this moment her own, right? Because at the time she was supposed to just show up and smile and just like- Ding! And be the joke. Yes. Um, just be the little fun drag sauce in the room. I, I think it's incredibly amazing that she was the token then and today when we're recording this 
her show is now debuting on MTV where she is the star. It's actually 30 years later. And I, yeah, why, wow. why that's a gag to me is because she is continuing to, you know, defy whatever age is and whatever that should mean for you. She's continuing to level up and regardless of age, like get bigger and bigger and kind of lean into, lean into how amazing she is. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you brought that up and contextualized it. And and really reading this book, it's like, there had been Divine. Mm-hmm. Um, there had been Sylvester. There had been Drag Queens and Culture. Mm-hmm. Not on MTV. Right. Not uh, not in Cancun, like hosting Spring Break. Mm-hmm. RuPaul is a black man in a blonde wig. He's like six foot fucking five. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, you know, every time on earth, the most fucked up time on earth, but 90s, I mean, fucked up time. Everyone in the world could have thrown Rue away. Yeah. And Rue not only came up in that moment, but but Rue gets, there's a like 10 years after this where Rue, I'm not going to say goes away because he doesn't, but in popular culture, she goes away. And she refers to it as and, like hibernating. She was like, I don't know, yes. I was hibernating. Yeah, I was, but but I think Rue was probably trying a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And the early 2000s were about, um, you know, Playboy Bunny and like not about queer culture. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can tie this into our Holly Madison episode where Hugh Hefner in the 70s or 90s is openly bisexual in interviews. And in the 2000s is wildly straight and has seven blonde girlfriends. Uh-huh. Because in the 2000s, we were really rejecting queer culture. Yeah. So I think there wasn't a place for Rue and Rue stays the course. Yeah. This is a queer thing, and I think everyone should inherit this. Basically, a lot of queer people don't get their adolescence. Like, we don't get their adolescence. We don't get the coming of age that, so that that sucks, right? But the good news is we, the myth of adolescence is gone for us. So we get to spend the rest of our life find, like, going for our dreams because we know it's a myth. You know, so it's like, that's why like queer people get to be old dreamers because we weren't told like, well, you have to dream when you're a kid and then you have to stop. Yeah, because you were always told it's impossible. Right. It was like, it was, yeah. So it's actually a good thing that everyone should hopefully inherit that it's like, that's all bullshit. And actually you can, you can do whatever the fuck you want whenever you want. You just have to believe it. I, that is so incredibly touching. And I, you know, for totally different reasons, I had, I did not have a lot of an adolescence as well. And I have uh, on my own tied that to why I have dreams because what else? Yeah. What else? Like nothing is real. Everything is broken. There is no, there is no, (laughs) there was no, at one point in my life, it was very clear. There was no white picket fence in my future. That was just an impossibility. So then why not go to the moon? Yeah. Preach. Do you want to? to Let's call Jeff Bezos. To, um, to, to okay, you know so I mean? that was really beautiful. That was really beautiful. Yeah. That was just a little bonus teaser of the full episode. Are you mad? Are you mad at us? And you're like, why isn't this a full episode? I get it. If you love the podcast, become a member of our Patreon. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Chelsea Vontes or just click the link in the show notes. When you become a member of the Patreon, you get one extra episode a month. It means a lot to us and it's the reason why we can keep doing great books. And thank you so much for listening and we'll see you for another episode if you go to the Patreon. You're my lucky number.